Hey, and welcome back to Classical Stuff You Should Know. My name is AJ Hannenberg, and I am here with... Graham Donaldson. And we are a couple of teachers at a classical school, and this is this is Classical Stuff You Should Know. Yeah. So today, I'll be taking the floor, and what I'm talking about is one of the, the five canons of rhetoric. So in the practice of rhetoric, which is pretty much what you use whenever you're talking to someone or trying to convince anyone of anything, it's all rhetoric, even what they call ceremonial discourse. So at a funeral, if you're going to give up and give a speech, that's rhetoric. So the five canons, the five pieces of rhetoric that they think about are invention, or coming up with stuff to say, arrangement, putting it in the right order, style, making it sound real good, memory, which is the one that we don't have as much trouble with today as they did back then. Writing materials are more common. Uh, We have teleprompters, we have cue cards and stuff. Back then, if you wanted to give a speech, you needed to remember every single piece of it. So memory is that piece, and then the last is delivery, how well you do that thing on stage that you want to do. So what I'll be talking about today is invention. So coming up with stuff to say. It's hard. It's hard to think about stuff to say. Yeah, it's it's one of the hardest pieces. I feel like this is one of the most difficult if you're kind of naturally just sort of a ham. Like if you can get up and talk and you get up <laughs> on stage and you're, you know, one of those guys, then this is the hardest piece for you. Getting up on stage is not that scary. But for other folks, it's the stage bit that's the scariest. So thinking of stuff to say, they use these things called topics. And what they mean is like locations. They're more like bus stops for the brain to to go to, to think about your topic. And there's special topics depending on what kind of speech you're giving, but there's common topics to all kinds of speeches. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. They're called the common topics. So would this be something that I would do if I was, if I was tasked with giving a speech, would this be something that I would do while I was writing the speech the night before? Or is this something that I'm doing on the spot when I'm, uh, when I'm on stage or if I'm in a debate or I'm in or I'm having some sort of conversation. Well, it depends on the situation. If you are having a planned speech that you are, it's really important, like the presidential inaugural address, mm-hmm. right? You need to be doing this a good bit beforehand, before you ever get on stage. You need to know what you're going to talk about. Okay. But if you have an impromptu speech and they say, talk about the abolition of slavery for five minutes and you just go blank. Well, these are th- things to sort of have in your back pocket that you can go through. Like little bus stops, you can say, okay, here's one way to think about it, and that can start you off on your speech pretty easily. So the first one is definition. So what is your thing? So if I'm going to talk about slavery, the way that I define it is going to bring certain qualities to it. So if I say it was an economic phenomenon, that's going to sound way different than if I say it was a human tragedy, right? Saying slavery is a human tragedy is going to make it sound awful and deplorable. Saying it was an economic phenomenon makes it sound kind of like just a function of history. It's something that happened. We have to deal with it, and we think about it more in scientific means. Uh, so already you are, even just with your definition in your rhetoric, you're crafting the way that you f- want the audience to hit, listen to and respond to the, the thing that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. You want your audience to think about your topic in a certain frame of mind, uh, but you have to, it has to be plausible. I can't say slavery was happy fun time for everybody. No one is going to buy that. Gotcha. Or like uh, a mutual beneficial agreement because everyone's going to realize that that's garbage. Yeah, it's total hogwash. So under definition are two subcategories, genus and division. So genus is asking what, under what category does our subject fall? So that, those were the examples that I gave. Mm-hmm. So slavery is a, an economic 
phenomenon or it is a human tra tragedy. That is its genus. It's the category under which it falls. But you can also think about the division or different parts or subcategories of our subject. So if I'm thinking slavery, I can talk about American slavery, which was very different than the kind of slavery they saw in the ancient world, where you work long enough, you can earn your freedom. And sometimes slavery, like you got paid, you were part of the family, you were well-respected. Um, you run, it's just sort of a completely different animal than the slavery we had in, you know, 200 years ago. You had. Well, America. Yeah. Just, it is really near the 4th of July. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So that's division, thinking about the different subcategories or pieces. And we mm -hmm. could even talk about American slavery at the beginning or near the end or in the middle. And that's just like, that's just the beginning. So if someone says, all right, you have to talk about slavery for five minutes. Mm -hmm. The first place my brain can go is, okay, what kind of thing is the thing that I'm talking about? And what are its different pieces or different forms? And that, that'll knock out a minute, right? That's mm -hmm. easy. Like, now, can you do this also with an individual? Like if you're talking about a person, like if you're giving a praise, a speech praising the valedictorian of the school, or if you're giving a speech um, uh, condemning, uh, condemning the actions of something that happened on the soccer field or something like that. Could you do, can you use definition for an individual as opposed to just a, a topic like slavery? Yeah. Uh, th that would probably happen during ceremonial discourse, mm -hmm. which is, you know, if I'm going to give a speech about such and such man on such and such occasion, like a funeral mm -hmm. or, um, or, you know, someone being discharged from the military, I could say he was a scholar, a soldier, and a friend. That's way different than calling him something else. And that's the definition genus topic. Um, okay, so after you've thought about where your t thing falls, you move on to comparison. So what is my thing? And then what is my thing like and unlike is the next question. So, so the first one's definition, the second one is comparison. Comparison, and there's a couple of subtopics here. So similarity, what is your thing like? Difference, what is it unlike? And degree, by how much does it go in either direction? And there's, I mean, when they teach rhetoric, you can get really into these subcategories and mm -hmm. come up with principles that talk about, you know, a greater number of things can be considered more desirable than a smaller number of things, as long as that thing is a good thing. You know, greater number of cockroaches is never a good idea. But in general, if it's a good thing, you want more of it than mm -hmm. less of it, right? More diamonds, that's a great thing. Uh, so there are principles that Unless they talk about. you're trying about. to sell them, then, you're, yeah, then, then the price is going to go down. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it depends. These are not hard and fast gotcha. rules. But the general question is, what's it like? What's it unlike? And by how much? Mm -hmm. uh, so if I was comparing, let's say... Maybe let's move away from slavery. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying, to, <laughs> trying, to, trying to shift to a different thing. I was thinking of, a, uh, say, a soldier or something. I could compare my soldier to a great hero of the past and say he's like this great hero in these ways, right? General Francis F. Calhoun, who is the guy we are discharging, was very much like the hero Beowulf. When no one would stand next to him, he faced the dragon alone. And there you have a piece of a speech, right? I didn't even have to think that hard for that, but it's a comparison that gives it to me for free. Um, and then what is he unlike? He's very unlike the cowards that ran from the dragon and hid in the trees, right? Good comparison. And by how much, right? He stands as a shining star among men. I myself cannot muster the same courage as this man you have before you. And we owe him a great debt of gratitude, right? So it's just kind of writing the speech for me, mm -hmm. just walking what kind of man is he, 
what are his different parts, I could say, let me talk about his courage, let me talk about his kindness, let me talk about his generosity, and then I go to what's he like, unlike, and by how much. Okay. So, next piece is relationship, cause and effect. Uh, So, so far, we have had definition, comparison, and then our third is relationship. So, third topic. So under, under relationship, the first one is cause and effect, and it's what has caused our thing to be the way it is, and what might he, the, our thing, cause. So I could talk about the background of this general, how he grew up, and how he was upstanding even on the playground, and would stand up to bullies, and did his homework, and I mean, or maybe he has a more interesting shady past, and I could talk about the transition from, you know, car thief to great general, and that would even more highlight his his current virtue than previously. So the relationship between his past and his his far past in childhood and his recent past of his heroism, you draw the relationship between the two or you show the, the, the contrast between the two. Yeah, uh, both of those things are good things to speak about in ceremonial discourse, right? Cause and effect. And what might its effects be? I could talk about the influence that he has had on the military during his reign here. Right? He has changed me as a man. He's changed my family, and I see that every man that walks into his office comes out new and with a lollipop. Man, right? Yeah, he's I want to meet this guy. Right, he's a great guy, and all and all I have to do is think about cause and effects. Um, under again is there's there's the sorry the next subtopic is antecedent and consequence. It's kind of like cause and effect, but not necessarily strictly cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I were to die, my wife would stand to gain my belongings. And that's not, it's, it's loosely cause and effect, but more antecedent consequence. Mm-hmm. If I die, she inherits my belongings, right? It's, so it's close. Um, so how would you use that with our general hmm. example? That's a little rough. It might take if a he had not been here, countless lives would have been lost that day. Is that kind of thing like a consequence? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, you can't draw strict cause and effect, but it is like mm-hmm. antecedent consequence, okay. right? If he hadn't been here, this would have happened. Or, or if, if he would have stayed for three many years, I conjecture that the following would have happened or I would have been a happier man, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then we can think contraries, so terms opposed to one another in the same order and genus, like hot and cold. Um, so I could talk about his... Maybe, maybe a contemporary of him. Mm-hmm. Like, th- not all of these apply in every situation. Sure. That's why they're common topics, right? You can apply them to just about everything. Um, so contraries and then contradictions, but rather than hot and cold, it's hot and not hot. So if you were praising, let's, instead of a man, let's say you're praising a quality like thriftiness, somebody who's very good with their money, the, um, the contradiction would be a spendthrift, somebody or someone who's really bad with their money. But Well, that would be the contrary. Oh. So the contrary would be someone who... Spends, spends all their money. Spends all their money like crazy. And then the contradiction would be someone who does not hoard. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Right? It, com- it kind of comes from logic, right? Yeah, so yeah. contrary, the, the two contrary statements are all men are pigs mm-hmm. or no men are pigs, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're, it's all or absolutely nothing on the other spectrum. Mm-hmm. Whereas the contra- contradiction is all men are pigs and some men are not pigs. Mm. So just a direct negation of that single statement. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, rather than say I would, I could compare him to someone who spends all their money willy nilly and works himself into the poorhouse, or I could say this man was a miser mm-hmm. and let me compare him to someone who had a sane grasp on how money should affect their life. Gotcha. Right. So two different kinds of comparisons. 
All right, so we've been through three. Definition, comparison, and relationship. The next one is circumstance, um, which is a little strange. So we've thought about what our thing is. We've compared it to the things around it. Mm -hmm. We've asked how it got there and what it might cause. Mm -hmm. And then circumstances are concerned. uh, It's kind of hard to define this one. Um, The the two subcategories are possible and impossible. Can this thing possibly be done? So it's more if I'm trying to convince someone of something. Gotcha. So, so if, instead of talking about the, the heroic deeds of the past where you're, t- where you're doing a, a survey of somebody's life, this is where you're trying to rally everybody. You would use circumstance, possible and impossible, where you're trying to rally somebody to a cause. Guys, we can do this. Exactly. So if I say if our, our school wanted a new building, I'd mm-hmm. need to show them that the new building is possible. And I can do that by saying what it's going to be like. I can talk about the different pieces of the building, definition. I can compare it to other buildings we've seen around town, comparison. I can talk about the process you would need to get a building. Like, cause and effect. We have enough money to do this. We have enough ex- expertise to be able to build a building. We have well, enough- that comes under circumstance. Oh, okay. So relationship would be cause and effect. If we get a building, what kind of effect will it have on mm-hmm. our on our community, um, what would it be like to not have a building? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we move to circumstance, is it possible or impossible is the question. Can mm-hmm. we do it? And if I can show that the different parts of the building are possible, then I can prove that the whole is. If I show like, look, in stages, we can build each piece, right? And it's really easy to raise $100,000 and it's going to need that. We just need to do that six times, right? Or if I show that our school has done something far more difficult, right? We have built a school up from nothing. Mm -hmm. All we had was a teacher and a single book, and it was a book the teacher had written, and it was bad. (laughs) And we built a school around it, and everyone loves it, and that thing was really, really hard. Shouldn't it be easy to get just $5 from every person in the community to raise enough for a new building? Now, just as a note, that is not how Veritas Academy started, at least as far as I understand. I wasn't here when it started. I mean, maybe it started with just one book, but my understanding is that that's not. No, it didn't. That's not how we started. I was just using that as as an example. So is it possible or is it impossible? Mm -hmm. If I wanted something to happen, I would aim to show that it was possible that we do it. If I was disagreed with that, I could try to show that such and such an end was impossible. There's no way that we can get there. Uh, The next subcategory of this one is past fact, fact and future fact. And it's usually concerned with whether something has happened, mm-hmm. and you'd use this in the courtroom. So we see that this man routinely betrays his friend. Is it his friends? Is it not conceivable he would also betray his business partner? Mm. Um, or future fact: uh, Can will he commit another crime? Would be the question. Mm-hmm. I show that he has the will, he has the power, he has reason to do it. He's got motive. Will he probably offend again? Would be a great question for. A, a courtroom to answer, mm-hmm. right? I would want to show the judge that, yes, this guy will offend again. We need to put him behind bars, absolutely. But isn't that just past fact, using his past actions to talk about what he's going to do? I thought future fact is more like um, when we're trying to deliberate something to do in the future. That's, that's a little bit, is it possible? Um, this one is, will will something happen in the future? Ah. Is it is it? probable that such and such event will take place, whereas past fact is, did such and such an event take place? Gotcha. We look at all the things surrounding that 
that event and we wonder, okay, did he kill Jane? Mm-hmm. And then we are looking into the future fact and thinking, will he kill again? Again, exactly. So those are the two big questions. All right, so we've asked what our thing is, mm-hmm. uh, what is what's it like and mm-hmm. unlike, what is its relationship to other things around it? How does it affect those things? Mm-hmm. And under what circumstances will it grow? Can it happen? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The last topic, and this is where people usually go first, mm-hmm. is testimony. Mm. It's what other people say about your thing, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you can look at authorities. You can look at testimonials. That's what infomercials do. Right, I love this thing. It helped me lose thirty-five pounds. Right, so you got that like average Joe, and he's like, "Before I had this product, I kept cutting my tomatoes into mush, and now that I've got my super knife, I can cut my tomatoes perfect. They're perfectly diced, and I've never had tacos like this in my life." Right, so that's the testimonial. You can use statistics. Um, Nine out of ten doctors. Exactly. You can use maxims or sayings that everyone agrees with. Mm -hmm. So don't count your chickens before they hatch. And this has the added benefit of giving you sort of a feel of old Mm. world wisdom. People are like, oh, that guy. Folksy wisdom. Yeah, he knows knows how to do wise things. And then you can look at law and precedent. So those are the testimonial subcategories. Authority, testimonial, uh, statistics, maxims, laws, and precedents. What would be an example of precedent? Did... So if I'm looking at a guy who has broken some specific law, mm-hmm. if there's precedent where three of these cases have been tried before and in each of those previous cases he was convicted mm-hmm. and, it, and the circ- circumstances are not very different, mm-hmm. then we probably would tend toward, toward a conviction. Mm. Whereas law would be, we just look at the law and did he break it or not. Gotcha. Okay. And so that's testimony. Yeah. So these... These sorts of things are applicable just about everywhere. Mm -hmm. I have advocated for using these in parenting. So say you come home and your kid, Jeffrey or Craig or whatever. Let's do Craig. That kid sounds like a problem. Craig Donaldson. Yeah. So Craig Donaldson, he has decided to light the dishwasher on fire, right? It's a terrible decision. Bad idea. And having a conversation with the kid who has done this is always hard for parents, right? What do you say in that situation? Like, stop it. You doofus, don't do that. Then he just sort of feels attacked. You need to help help him think through it. So the first question is definition. What kind of thing is it that you just did, Craig? Fire. Yeah. Was it a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing. It was a bad thing. Okay. And then division. What were there, like, was there a different part of this? What exactly happened? I got the matches. We got the gasoline poured it on the dishwasher. Okay, so this has the added benefit of just ladling on the guilt, right? Mm-hmm. He has to walk you through each piece of this. So that's definition. What kind of thing is it that you did and how? What, what exactly happened? And then comparison. Okay, is this like anything else that we've had happen in our household before? When I lit the fridge on fire. Right, and how did that go? Bad. Pretty bad. Is it, unlo- is, is it different than anything you should have done? What should you have done? Not, I should have cleaned my room like you told me to. Exactly. Should have not got the matches. All right. So now we're, I've asked him definition. Mm-hmm. What kind of thing is it? Now we're in a comparison. What's it like and unlike? And mm-hmm. how bad do you think this is? Mm. I think this is very bad, but not as bad. It's not like I killed anybody. You didn't kill anybody. Exactly. Uh, and then we move on to relationship, cause and effect. Okay, Craig, how did we get here? What caused you to make these decisions? And if we can mm. hit it on those causes, maybe we can prevent it next time. And this is the one that kids like to go to because then they can get out of it. They're like, well, I was mad at the, fr- at the dishwasher. I was mad at my f- best friend who 
made fun of me, and so I lit the dishwasher on fire. Okay, so we can talk about the best friend making you mad mm-hmm. and what effect that had, and then maybe how to ch- change that in the future, right? So let's next time we get angry, mm-hmm. let's just here's a ball, go squeeze it, right? Gotcha. And that way we don't have to pay for a new dishwasher. Uh, you can talk about antecedent and consequence, but I think the, the best one here is cause and effect, mm-hmm. right? Relationship. And then circumstances. Do you think it's possible to avoid doing this sort of thing in the future? Yes. Right? Okay. Great. It's possible. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't think it's possible, you can prove it to him, mm-hmm. right? You spend all day not lighting dishwashers on fire. Mm-hmm. So just keep, keep doing, doing that. that. Keep doing the not lighting dishwashers on fire. And then if he's having a little lie fest, you can ask about, you can you know attempt to prove that it happened. That's mm-hmm. past fact. And show, okay, there seems to be a smoke smell in here and you can use all the evidence to show that he's the one. You have smoke all over your clothes. You mm-hmm. smell like smoke. You're holding matches and you have broken dish pieces like in your shoes, right? And you so, recorded it on your phone. And you recorded <laughs> on your phone. So all, all the evidence points to you, Craig. Gotcha. Uh, and then testimony. Mm. And this one is sometimes the most powerful. Your sister saw you do it. Well, I mean, you can use that. We've already proven that he's done it, right? Mm. This poor kid has had the lil- guilt ladled on. We know it's him. So you ask, okay, what does Jesus say about mm. this? Then he has to say that. And then I say, and what is your father mm. going to say about this? And then he goes, oh, no. And he now he's shaking in his boots. Mm-hmm. And you have walked him through an entire process of mm-hmm. thinking about what it was he did, how we got here, how to fix it, and what everyone else says about it. And this is a really good parenting tool. It's also great for writing papers. It's great for writing speeches. It's just, I think... The advantage here is that it's a complete way of thinking about any given subject, right? I've tried to think of other ways to attack stuff, and this kind of covers all your bases. Hmm. What's it like? What's it unlike? What is it? It kind of covers everything. So if you're ever like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what to write my essay on, just take your topic and then walk yourself through these things. Um, yeah, that's that's the common topics. That's it's- awesome. So, and then if my if the boy's mother and I needed to have a conversation about what the punishment was going to be, that would be a deliberative discourse where yeah. we, her and I would talk about um, precedence and what we think the what what kind of crime did he commit? Uh, compare the crime to other crimes he could have committed. Uh, compare the crime to past crimes that he has done before. That kind of thing. And the question, future fact, is it conceivable that we will actually get him to stop lighting things on fire? And if not. You know, there's always the foster home. Will Craig strike again? <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. But so this is now this doesn't this is good just sort of like to organize topics or to organize uh, your thoughts around a topic. But this doesn't actually give you information. Like if you are given a topic of the Holy Roman Empire and you don't know anything about the Holy Roman Empire when it was founded in any of that kind of thing, going through the common topics and saying definition, you can't just off the top of your head start to define it. Like, this doesn't replace researching things you don't know anything about. Uh, Research actually fits into it. Research would come under the testimony common topic. The first thing you do Mm. is go and consult authorities. Go and look at statistics and look at maybe other empires. So that, that would be the testimonial authority subtopic. And you would want to, in that case, tackle that first, right? Go look at what authorities say about the Roman Empire 
Um, and then af as you do your research, figure out if there's a more narrow topic that you wanted to focus on and then run it through all five. So then topics. is the testimony the first bus stop? Are there, is there a, a sort of an order that we, you, you would advise a student to tackle these things in? I'd say once you have a specific and narrow enough topic, you want to do it in order just for the sake of your own mind because it moves center outward, mm -hmm. right? What is my thing? What are its parts? What does it affect and what's it like around it? How did it get here? What will it do? And then what are the circumstances under which it occurs? And then what do other people say about it? It sort of moves center out. Gotcha. Uh, so there is actually a progression, mm -hmm. but you don't have to do them in any single order. Mm -hmm. If you find that one often yields better results for you, then go there. But this is something after you have a specific thing you want to talk about. I want to talk about Hamlet. Mm -hmm. Okay. What kind of man is Hamlet? What kind of, what are his different pieces or what's his progression throughout the tale? Uh, is he like any other literary characters, right? That could be an easy comparison paper. Is he unlike any other character that happens in the play? Uh, how did he get this way? What effects does he have on those people around him, right? These are just useful questions to ask yourself. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, AJ. Yeah, no I problem. I feel like I can now tackle any topic, including punishing my hypothetical child who has lit my dishwasher on fire. Yeah. So I actually do this to my ninth graders. They, they all sort of depend on getting a prompt from me that just sort of hands them something to, to write about. Mm -hmm. But what I want my ninth graders to do is really think. And so I spend a good three or four weeks at the beginning of the year walking them through the common topics. And then when I say, you need to write a paper, I say, you have to think of it. Walk yourself through the topics, go slow, take it easy. And then if they still can't think of something, I will actually walk them through the topics. They come up and I, I want to write about Hector, but I don't know what. So I just, I walk them through. Hmm. What kind what of a kind man of was he? Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Well, good job, AJ. All right. Thank you. We learned a lot. So that's it for... Another episode of Classical Stuff You Should Know. Yeah, sorry. I talked a lot on no, that No, this one. is good. This is, uh, these are, this is a classical thing that we should know. Yeah. All right. So thanks, and see you next time. <laughs>